Okay, Bob, can you present your case? Sure. This was a 72-year-old male who initially presented with unsteadiness of gait in April 2003. An MRI at that time revealed two separate parietal lobe masses and a chest x-ray revealed a right upper lobe mass. He was a heavy smoker. A biopsy of the mass revealed non-small cell lung cancer. Prior to seeing me, he saw a neurosurgeon who is an expert and has published on gamma knife. So he received gamma knife to both lesions of the brain, did not receive any whole brain radiation, and had a full neurological recovery. At the same time, we did a PET-CT, which revealed only the right upper lobe mass and right hilar disease, no evidence of mediastinal or distant disease. As I recall, we discussed the possibility of doing surgery or pursuing that route, which he declined. He had significant pulmonary disease, and with the two lesions, it wasn't clearly indicated, so I was certainly leaning against it, but had mentioned the possibility to him. So we decided to treat him with concurrent chemoradiation. He initially was started on carbopaclitaxel, could not tolerate the paclitaxel because of severe neuropathy, which was developing rapidly, and I switched him to carboplatin etoposide at that time with the radiation therapy. This was followed by three courses of consolidative docetaxel, and then we stopped. In June 2004, about a year later, he developed additional brain mets, and gamma knife again was used with excellent results. In June 05, another year later, he had developed a renal mass, which was biopsied and was consistent with a metastasis from his lung cancer. At this point, I started him on single agents of gemcitabine, then Olympta, and then Tarceva without any benefit at all. About a year ago, he developed left-sided weakness again, again had gamma knife for five separate lesions in the brain and improved. But in August, a couple of months later, he developed additional brain mets and progression of the rest of his disease, and it was elected to put him on hospice at that time. So he was maintained for three years with gamma knife for the brain mets and had excellent quality of life during that time, except for his one complaint, which was his peripheral neuropathy. And Dr. Moss, in the very beginning, did he get whole brain after the gamma knife? He never got whole brain radiation at, whole any, brain. at any time. And I want to talk about the issue of the brain mets in this case, but just one other point before we get on that, and I'll start with you, Tony, and that's the issue of using chemo radiation therapy in this situation after having had his brain mets treated with a gamma knife. What are your thoughts about that? I think it's a reasonable approach. I probably would have used just chemo alone in that setting because he had metastasis, but there are subsets of patients with one metastatic lesion known about clinically if you want to put those into a group, it's, how do you pronounce it, Tom? Oligo? Oligometastasis. Oligo, which means few <laughs> metastasis. I like to say few. And there's groups like that with brain mats, isolated. Of course, he had two. Adrenal mats, one lesion. These patients can do better than the whole group who have known multiple metastasis. So I think what was done was very reasonable. It's one approach. I probably wouldn't use chemoradiotherapy in that setting, but I have no major reason to say that, you know, that it was absolutely wrong or anything. Tom? So I think the key thing is the fitness of the patient. I don't think, I mean, being presented on a tumor board, a 72-year-old 
probably is a little older than I would give chemo rads to, but I definitely have done this for people in their 60s and 50s who are very fit, in great shape with two brain meds. And you know what? I probably have done it for 72-year-olds as well who came to me and who you see sitting in front of you are robust, in great shape. And you can't argue with the outcome that you've gotten. You've gotten an excellent outcome. There is some evidence that giving radiotherapy early in the course can reduce the number of brain metastasis that patients have or that there may, the better local control of the chest can influence the development of subsequent brain meds, although it's hard to argue that he didn't develop multiple brain meds. I think one of the big questions, Dr. Moss, is the potential role for whole brain in this setting, and that's something that I struggle with all the time. In the people that we give whole brain to, and you see them a year or two later, they're never the same. I don't care what the radiation therapists say about dose and schedule. They're never the same. And In what way specifically? They have cognitive dysfunction. They are fatigued. You look at their personality. Their personality's gone, in my experience. When do you see it starting? I think about six to eight months after whole brain is when you start seeing this cognitive decline. That's Tony, been my agree? experience as Has well. Has that been your experience as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Do you I, agree with that, Tony? I think it can happen. I don't know that it's a 100% effect. And again... The alternative, if you can be alive, might be a little better. But again, I don't know that that would have made a major difference. He did so well, this particular Tom, patient. how would you have likely approached this same situation in your center, particularly in terms of the brain mets and the gamma knife and that whole course? We may have taken the lesions out surgically, but you had a surgeon look at it who decided not to. So we may well have gone to stereotactic radiosurgery as you did. So we may have treated this person very similarly. I think the only question was what Tony pointed out is whether to have added the radiotherapy initially. But I think the way you managed it with sequential gamma knife, and gamma knife being one type of stereotactic radiosurgery, I think that your outcome is excellent, particularly if you had good neurologic quality of life, which you said you did have with this patient. I recently had a patient just like that who had excellent neurologic quality of life for about four or five years sequentially treated with gamma knife. So I don't think that's a crazy way to go in some patients. I think you did a great thing for this patient. How do you decide between radiotactic surgery and whole brain? A lot of it depends on referral patterns. I think if the patient gets referred by an internist to a neurosurgeon, they usually have an operation first. If they come to you, though. If they come to me, if the lesions are small, I'll often involve the radiotherapist early and get their input. Usually, I try to have the person seen by both a neurosurgeon and a CNS radiotherapist to try to get the two of them to give a thoughtful opinion. And usually, it comes down to size and number. If the lesions are much greater than three centimeters, stereotactic radiosurgery usually doesn't control them for that long, or the cost of stereotactic radiosurgery becomes greater in terms of side effects. So I think neurosurgery still does have a role in patients with larger lesions. Tony? I agree. I think also location is important. Peripheral lesions and posterior fossa particularly, they're much more dangerous, malignant location, posterior fossa. I lean towards more neurosurgical approach in the posterior fossa lesions. What about radiotactic versus whole brain Again, I don't think we know. I like the idea of treating specific small lesions with stereotactic radiosurgery like was done to avoid the issues of other problems related to cortical function. And I like that idea, and it works. But I'm not sure we know it's any better than just using conformal radiation and whole brain radiation in a patient like this. I'm going to go into Dr. Hoffman's case in a minute. But first, I just want to take a step back. We were talking this morning about being an oncologist and what that's like. And I'm curious what it was like to take care of this man over this time period of several years. Did you find any gratification as a physician or how much gratification as a physician did you feel in taking care of him? And how much disappointment and sadness did you feel? Actually, I'm glad you asked because I developed a very close relationship with this patient and with his wife. 
He was coming in to see me fairly often. This fellow remained fairly vigorous. He liked to work and tinker with his car, and he would do that a good part of the time until close to the end. But he maintained a very good quality of life, and he would come in and we would shoot the breeze for a while. You know, we developed a very nice relationship, and we kind of just worked on him almost, you know, I was almost a mechanic myself with him. He'd have a problem, we'd fix it. A few months later, a problem, we'd fix it. And your systemic therapy didn't seem like it was helping too much. Yeah, I don't think the systemic therapy ultimately made the major difference here. I think the reason I presented this case was because of the gamma knife. Exactly. But, but it's interesting that, that you as an oncologist, in terms of what you were able to offer him, wasn't so much your systemic therapy, but was your overall management and also referring him for gamma knife. Yes, and I listened to him. His major complaint was really the neuropathy, which made it more difficult for him to tinker around with his hands. That was interesting. And you said it developed very quickly. I've seen that happen before with paclitaxel it can develop fairly quickly. He might have had some underlying neuropathy to start with, I don't recall at this time, but, but it didn't take long for it to develop, and he was very concerned about it. And we talked about it, and by talking about symptoms like that, you can develop a relationship with the patient, and the fact that I changed the therapy, he was pleased with that, and things went along pretty well. How was it for you when he died? He and his wife and I all knew that he was gonna die of his disease. Mm -hmm for quite some time. So none of this was, unex I mean, it was more unexpected that he survived as long as he did. And he was ready when the time came and we had nothing else to offer him. So it was not a big problem. His wife was very devoted to him. She became my patient. She had DCIS and came to see me three or four months before he died. And I continued to see her. And she was very upset when he died, but was totally prepared for it. She knew it was coming. She was at peace with the fact that it happened. She was just upset that she had lost her lifelong companion. And we still have a good relationship. I want to give you an opportunity also to throw some questions out at the faculty this afternoon. So you might be thinking about any questions or cases even that have come up in the last couple of days since we talked that you might want to present. Any comments or thoughts about this case before we move on? 